I'm sure you've heard of Mary F. Kill. Today's episode is our version of buy, sell, hold for the watch enthusiast, watch collector, and watch dealer. With me today, I have Marco, a.k.a. Marco Ferrante, a.k.a. Young Genius. <laughs> what's, your, what's your SoundCloud <laughs> rapper yeah, name? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the only thing missing. Huh? Uh, Marco, you are a you know, premier member of our buying team, our procurement team. You are top dog when it comes to that and obviously the watch knowledge. Um, I wanted to get your opinion on certain models and whether now is the time to buy them, sell them, or hold them, and the reason behind it. Just a quick disclaimer. We are not financial advisors. Please don't use this as financial. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, all right. Let's yeah. get into These it. These are definitely not it. You know, it's not financial advice, yeah. but it is watch dealing, holding, selling, yeah, buying, absolutely. It's always trading. fun to, to see how, how wrong we are in six months. I'm going to throw another one in there. So you have buy, sell, hold, but maybe instead of sell, you say, you know what? I, w I would... Not sell it, but I would trade it up for something else. Sure. Yep. Um, if you need a few moments to think about these, take your time. We're not in a rush here, except that we are in a rush here. Oh, you mean you mean I don't have the answers on the spot as I should? Yeah. You know, you, know, you weren't prepared for this. I threw <laughs> no, you no, in I'm the fire. No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, you know, that's that's one thing. Just just a quick side note, right? Like whenever you're buying, like somebody's like, "Oh, do you think what what do you think I should do? Should I buy, sell, or hold it? Like, buy. It's like right away on the spot. Like, give me an answer. It's like, uh, yeah, it's not that I mean, easy. <laughs> I feel like as a salesperson, the, the answer is always buy. Yeah, <laughs> buy right now. <laughs> Um, let's go with the first one that, you know, again, these are some of the more popular models. Some are not, yeah. but, um, I went through and I picked through, you know, a couple of models from our inventory to see whether this is a buy, sell or hold. First one is a Rolex Mariner 126610LN, typical sub, black dial, black bezel. Um, this is the newer model, so it's the 41 millimeter. Yep. Is this a buy, sell or hold? Honestly, I would just say hold, right? I would say hold and or if you already have it, hold. If you don't have it already, I would say you could buy it because honestly speaking at the price levels that they are now, you're not walking into an authorized dealer and just buying a Correct. Submariner without at the very least waiting a little bit, right? The price premium is becoming less and less. And one thing I would say also is that the, the, the supply of Rolex sports models, at least that's what's been rumored, is gonna be cut dramatically. Uh, so they're, they're essentially, the rumors are that they're going to be cutting production of subs, of GMTs, Daytonas, specifically in steel, because they want to allocate more towards precious metals. We've been hearing these rumors more and more, uh, especially in recent years. However, it's it's seeming like this is coming to be uh, in greater fruition, but we'll see what happens. What do you think about the rumors that they're opening up all these new manufacturing plants to meet demand? I, I Honestly speaking, I think that Rolex wouldn't do it, and it's a very simple answer, right? If you start flooding the market... At the end of the day, a luxury product needs to have some sense of exclusivity, right? Take away that exclu exclusivity, it's no longer really a luxury per se. So what's that billion dollar investment into their new manufacturing plant? And in the meanwhile, they, they're opening up temporary ones. What do you think they're actually gonna be working on? Do you think more precious metal? Yeah, it's so tough to say, right? So Rolex has their own foundries so that they're, they're able to create their own kind of metals, be it steel, be it also uh, obviously the precious metals, gold and platinum. Uh, however, I would say the manufacturing plant is, it could be a couple of things, right? One is, uh, essentially creating an economy of scale, right? Reducing their overall manufacturing cost by investing into new manufacturing operations. I would say also it, another reason for it is R&D, right? Rolex is, as much as people may say they don't innovate and what have you, yes, they do. They still very much do. Uh, you saw that with the new 3-2 caliber families. So yeah, I think they're definitely probably investing at the very least in some kind of uh, 
opportunity to create greater economies of scale and or uh, research and development. All right. Thank you for that. So that is an, a hold or a buy. <laughs> that, that's, that's what I got from that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yes, sorry. The next I one, mean, that's tough. yeah. The next tough. one is due to my recent fascination with um, Drive to Survive, the F one series on Netflix, and that is the IWC pilots chronograph Mercedes AMG Petronas Formula One team, um, IW three eighty eight one oh eight. Roman, you know, bought a couple of these himself when they first retailed. Yeah. When they first, I guess, released. Um, we do have one in stock. I saw it. I was like, okay, I. I'm obsessed with the show. I'm getting into to F1 itself, the sport. This watch, I'm a fan of it personally. I would buy it. I want to get your take on the watch. Yeah. I would buy it because it's a good-looking watch. Mm-hmm. But if you're asking me, do I think you should like hold it or buy it currently you know for like the next six months or the next year i would say definitely sell it the reason is quite simply for one this was supposed to be a very limited release it's clear ibc is not really limiting the production yeah. of these models and secondly listen in the long run there's been very few if any iwcs that have shown themselves to be a good quote-unquote investment if you will uh so yeah no i would definitely put this in the sell category okay now if you were to trade it in for another iwc is there one that you think would have more potential for long-term, I don't want to say appreciation because that does sound like, you know, investing advice. No, I see what you're saying. I mean, mean, listen, I would say not really when it comes to IWC specifically. There's not really any models. Like even, for example, you know, you look at their Lake Tahoe, which are really popular. Look at their Mojave Mojave Desert. Even those are starting to come down in price. And they're super watches, right? But listen, they won't hold forever. Okay. Yeah, IWC has never been one of those brands. They haven't. But they have... But they're coming around to it, right? Yeah. And I think if they release, which they're supposed to this year, uh, the re-edition of the Ingenieur designed by Gerald Genta, that will definitely help raise the profile of the brand, right? Because they're missing, in my opinion, that integrated bracelet sports watch, which anchors basically the rest of yeah. a collection for a brand. Beautiful watches, unfortunately lacking that, you know, demand or the hype. Yeah. Um, maybe what they should do is follow a couple of you know, steps from Rolex's book and just limit, you know, supply. I mean, I think they definitely should. I think also the, the issue is, is with a watch like that, when you create a special edition or limited production watch, if you start flooding the market with them, that's a problem, yeah. right? Because then it's therefore no longer yeah. a, a limited release. It's typically the problem that Hublot has always had with their limited yeah. editions. You see like, this with yeah. so many brands, yeah. Omega, Blanc, yeah. Pan, you go down the list, Panerai, there's so many brands yeah. that make this mistake. So the AMG Petronas IWC Pirate, Pilot, Pirate, <laughs> it's a one-eyed watch, um, is a sell or a hold for personal reasons. Yeah, I would say hold, just because yeah. it's a good looking yeah. watch. It is a good looking watch. Yeah. Next one that I have is the Rolex Daydate 4228235. Now, this is the green dial, yellow gold. Anniversary. Is it it yellow? Yeah, no, it's rose gold. Rose gold, yeah. 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 Rose gold anniversary model. I would say this is definitely a hold and or a buy. Um, At the minute, I mean, this was a a model that I think was almost basically at 100,000. Now trading, essentially got chopped in half in value. So I think the value is there. It's an anniversary model. Any Rolex corporate green colors, be it the Hulk, John Mayer, Daytona, you go down the list, even the yellow gold, uh, green dial, GMT. Those have always shown themselves to be uh, great models. Any colored dial Rolexes have shown uh, historically to be great 
you know, uh, vehicles, if you will, to a certain degree. Again, I'm not a financial advisor, but I would definitely say it's a buy and or a hold. So I remember years ago, a friend of mine contacted me and said, hey, I want to buy one. I said, no problem. We have it in stock and give it to you for 45,000. Yep. She said, oh, you know, I'm on the list. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to wait this one out. Famous last words, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, you know, good luck. Yeah. Um, obviously, that year or a year later, prices started climbing more. And I kept an eye on it just to kind of like go back and be like, should have <laughs> bought a 45. So. Like, yeah, I told you so. Yeah. Um, to the point where, yes, it almost reached, you know, six figures, which yeah. was just insane. It is a beautiful watch. I'll, I'll give you that. I personally like the white gold more than the, the rose gold. Um, but now that it's back to like, I would say normal prices it's in the 50s, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I've been seeing. It, I agree with like the buy, you know, and hold or or, or hold because it's more likely to continue increasing than continue decreasing in price. Yeah, and anniversary models specifically from Rolex always perform very well, right? Like you have Submariner Kerma, it was an anniversary model that performed well. Again, that yellow, gold, green GMT is still, it, what compared to what it used to be trading at, is still trading at a huge premium, yeah. at all things considered. So yeah, no, it def definitely. Okay. Uh, Good, good call there. Next one we have is one of your favorites, the Vacheron Constantine Overseas Chronograph 5500V. Oh man, this is- Black dial, this chronograph. Break, this breaks my heart, this breaks my heart. I gotta <laughs> say, guys, the overseas market at the minute is a little anemic. Uh, I would say this, right? It's the chronograph specifically is the worst one out of the overseas line because it's mass, uh, massive. It's a bigger watch, right? Okay. So it's 42 mil versus say, for example, I think almost 43 millimeters versus 41 for the self-winding. The self-winding and the dual time, both I think are 41 millimeters. So they're a lot easier to wear. So the market for it is a lot bigger. The pool, right, essentially of buyers is bigger. Now they make a lot less chronographs, but there's also far less buyers for the chronograph specifically. So for that reason, I would say it's a definitely a sell. Um, just because one, where the overseas market is, and then two, because of the size of it. Again, the overseas, if you go back when it was released in 2016, I mean, nobody really cared for it. That's, yeah. that's what it was. It got hugely popular. And it's hard for me to see a scenario where you'll see this reversal because it's still such a fresh model, fresh release, right? Short of them discontinuing it, it's, yeah. it, it's hard for me to believe, okay, this watch that started trading at a crazy premium then came back down to earth is really gonna be a model that people are gonna say, oh yeah, this is, you know, I should buy into this again. So what do you think if Vacheron kind of, again, followed footsteps of Rolex and chose a really good racing brand ambassador for the overseas chronograph? Take, take you know, again, a Formula One driver you know, or, yep. you know, somebody, cause when you think of Daytona, you think Paul Newman, yep. you know, that's the, the, the face that comes up with that. Yeah. What if Vacheron kind of followed the same footsteps where 50 years from now you're associating the, the, the overseas chronograph with, you know, some kind of racing. Correct. Figure. You know what I would like to see them do instead is, so they just released this year, a silver dial with black sub, a real mm -hmm. VC Panda. Yeah. <laughs> that was the mix of it. A real Panda dial uh, VC overseas chronograph. I'd love to see them discontinue dial colors, right? So they stop producing the blue, they stop producing the black, they come out with the Panda, maybe you come out with a green dial, you come out with some different editions. Yeah. Again, they've been making it since 2016, right? Things have their run, you don't want, again, it's about luxury, right? You wanna create that supply a shortage, right? Essentially, there's not- Exclusivity. There's a, exactly, you wanna create that exclusivity. So I would love to see VC discontinue those models and start producing maybe some new dial colors. Any insight or, or opinion as to why that's not happening? I mean, listen, 
a brand like VC is one that just got propelled essentially into the spotlight, right? So yes, they have great management, but it's hard to maintain a brand, especially when, you know, essentially you go from being a neglected brand to something that is hugely popular and hugely successful. It's hard, you know, to, to reflect in the moment and say, okay, what should we do to keep this up? Instead, what are you going to do? You're yeah. going to sit on your coattails and just enjoy the success, right? But yeah, no, I, I would say I would love to see them discontinue it because, again, creating that exclusivity would be huge for the brand. Yeah. Okay, so that one is a sell. Um, would you consider a trade for a different VC? Like yes, said, I but- would say the self-winding model. I would get a blue self-winding uh, because, again, the, the value of a 4500V blue nowadays is tremendous. Again, you're not walking into an AD and getting that. You're not get first of all, it's a boutique-only piece. You're not walking in without any spend history to get it. And it's basically paying, uh, playing at a small premium from, from retail. So we, sell that and get a 4500V. Can we talk about some numbers? What are you looking for if you're trading a chronograph? And what are you looking at? There'll be essentially a straight trade. Like a chronograph will be, a, a black chrono will be around that thirty to 35,000. A blue pending year and condition will be around that, let's say, 28 to 32, okay. maybe 33. That sounds like a good deal. Yeah, I think so. Personally, the blue self-winding is, is the one to get. Given the fact that nobody actually uses the chronograph function. Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Um, the blue. And this is a stainless steel, obviously. Correct. Stainless steel, blue dial. 4,500 So guys, if you're looking to trade in or sell your watches, make sure to visit sell.luxurybazaar.com. Now back to the episode. (laughs) Um, The next watch I have on my list is the Rolex Explorer 21657DE. This is a white dial Explorer. What are we looking at? Buy, sell, hold. Honestly, I love these. Buy as many as you can. 16570 is 40 mil Explorer. Newer Explorers are 42 millimeters. I personally love the size. I love the look of that older Explorer. Love the red uh, GMT hand or dual time hand. I-, I think it's just a phenomenal watch, a great everyday wearer. And you know what? It's one that still is very low key. Like you can travel with that mm-hmm. watch and not have yeah. to worry about your wrist getting kind of, you know, torn. Yeah. My yeah. brother-in-law actually wears one on a, like that's his daily beater and like yeah. he's obsessed with it. He's like, it's I don't a phenomenal watch. It wears so well. Super reliable watch. Great look, and it's so versatile too. Yeah, we and we do have some available. You know, yeah, buy and hold yes. for sure, hundred percent. All right, I like that one. Let's go with the next one. Next one is the Audemars Piguet Royal Oak Slate Gray Dial, which happens to be my favorite, the fifteen five hundred. Okay, so fifteen five hundred is an interesting one in that. Uh, the production of it was actually pretty short, all things considered. If you look at a 15300, which was the 39 mil, and then the 15400, both of them ran successively a lot longer than a 15500. And I think v- or AP rather really perfected the design uh, of the, the 41 mil self-winding one uh, when they created the 15500. I actually don't like the 15510 that much. I much prefer a 15500. So if I was personally a buyer, where I had that watch, I would buy and hold that watch because I think overall the the short production run, the look of it, and also overall because we don't know how long they'll make the 15.510 for, I imagine it will be as long, if not longer. And if you're going to pit one against the other, I would choose a 15.500. What is the market dictating for the price of this? I think a slate gray, you're going to be paying around... God. Okay, so so black will be around the 40-ish range. Uh, Blue will be around that 50 still around that 50-ish, maybe a little bit less high 40s. And then uh, black will be maybe high 30s to low 40s, depending year and condition. And then gray and, and silver kind of trade around that 35 and under range, depending okay. year and condition. My next one is a fan favorite, the Rolex Skydweller Blue Dial. 
the yeah. 326934. You know what? That for me, a, a Sky Dweller in general, but specifically with a blue dial, is always a buy and hold, especially at the current market price. This is one of the hardest watches to mm-hmm. get at, at MSRP uh, from Rolex specifically because they don't make that many of them. Yeah. It's the most complicated uh, movement that they make. So they don't make many of them. The blue is the most in demand. So it's it's right up there with uh, you know Pepsi, Panda Daytona in terms of demand at, at yeah. MSRP. So that, that to me, especially at the prices that they're trading at, I mean, if you get a brand new one, you're looking at, let's say about 25,000. Yeah. I mean, th- the price premium is nothing because you're gonna have to spend way more than, even at 10,000 over MSRP, you're gonna have to spend way more than 10,000 to get that watch out of Rolex AD. And I feel like the price on this has been really stable. Like it has, yeah, you abs- know. No, it's definitely come down. I mean, the blues, I think at one point were, were trading around that 40-ish range, but the, the the amount that they fell versus other sports models is a lot less. No, but you're I correct. just remember the 25, number, 25 $25,000 number, I remember pre-COVID, which means yeah. it's not dropping below that. Like 25 is a good number for that watch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and the last and final, definitely not the least, is the Omega Speedmaster Moonwatch Apollo 8 Dark Side of the Moon, which happens to be, you know, as far as Omegas, this is probably my favorite. Yeah. Um, what are we looking at? Buy, sell, hold. Yeah, I love this watch. That's definitely, to me, listen, in terms of investment, uh, a Speedmaster generally, I would say, you know, stick to like Snoopy's Super, or yeah. very, very yeah. limited models. Uh, but I just like it for the look yeah. of it. It's just a good looking watch. Under $10,000, you get an all ceramic chrome chronograph, Speedmaster move, uh, Speedmaster kind of history and and design. I, I love that watch. It's I think got that it's like good. stealth look. I don't know what it yeah, is about it. Yeah, it's the Darth cool. look. Yeah. yeah, and it's got that semi-skeletonized kind of yeah. dial. It just looks good. Big yeah. fan. So you're you're a buy and hold? Yeah, I'm a buy and hold just for passion reasons, honestly. Yeah, I think, look, a lot of this is subjective. Yeah. You know, it's not... It, it's not widely accepted that this is a buy yeah. and hold this might be a sell trade get rid of burn you know, i mean like- i mean like think about it like this where else are you going to find a ceramic watch with a speedmaster history with that look with a, a manual yeah. wine chronograph movement for under ten thousand and that brand right? name yeah and that brand name yeah. right so th- there, there's so much that goes into that watch i think it's tremendous value and i definitely buy and hold okay that i would like to ask our audience first of all i want to ask you to if you like this episode show us some support by liking commenting subscribing definitely subscribing if you're listening to this in audio only leave the show review please that really helps the rankings um it's the least that we ask you to do we put in the time every day to make these shows please help us out by showing us some love and I want you to comment and let us know your thoughts about these models. Would you buy, sell, hold, trade? What would you do with each one of these? Let us know. Marco, thank you very much for joining me today. I really appreciate your knowledge and your time. We'll see you guys next time on the Gray Market Podcast. <laughs>